you, Lord. Yes, we got plenty of books up here, and I hope that uh, you uh, are able to get one, and they're for you. We're thankful for these studies. I am very thankful for these studies. They're helping me so much, and I pray tonight that if, you're, if you haven't partook of them yet, that you take the opportunity and, and be a part of this Bible study. I'm thankful that in the middle of the week I can come to here to this church to have a Bible study. I was just talking to David earlier. And he was expressing that same thing, you know, that Bible study, you know, and it's good to have that hunger for the Word of God because that's what's going to sustain us, you know. And if we, we, we learn to, to realize that, man, when I keep coming to God, he keeps feeding me and I keep getting more, wow, that's incentive to come back. So if you're watching tonight online, we want to welcome you as well and let you know that you're very much a part of this study and we are looking forward to partaking of the Word of God with you in person as well. So uh, thank you uh, for getting online, and, and I know that this is a series. Uh, we're just starting out, and it's, it's going to be one that I'm excited about as I read it. So, But before we start, I just want to go into prayer and ask the Lord to lead this study, because ultimately what we want is edification. We want to be built up, and we want to be encouraged in the Lord. We want to be inspired by the Lord, and only God can do that for us individually. I cannot do that. I just know that God can and with his help, through the sharing of his word, things can be accomplished. The Bible says that when the word of God goes forward, forth, it will not return unto God void, but it will accomplish that which God wants to accomplish. So it's going to do something. And you and I have the privilege in this New Testament age to share the good word of God, to share the gospel, right? And we may not see those effects right away. But it's called planting seeds, sowing them seeds. So in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just come before you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege, Lord, to be in your presence, to come together in the name of Jesus, Lord. You know our various backgrounds, Lord. You know where we've been even today and this week, Lord, in our hearts and our minds, Lord. And we don't want to come here, Lord Jesus, discouraged that you won't accept us, Lord. But, Lord, with faith, we want to come here knowing that you have something for us. You want to give us something, Lord, because you are a giver, Lord. You you're a giver of gifts. You're a giver of blessings. You're a giver of life, Lord. You're a healer, Lord Jesus. And Lord, so let us come tonight, Lord, with boldness and expectation, Lord, that you have something to impart to each and every one here, each and every person online, Lord Jesus. I'm thankful personally, Lord, for the pastors that you gave, the pastor you gave us, Lord, a pastor who will feed us with knowledge and understanding, Lord Jesus. And I ask, Lord, that you direct this study, Lord, that you would lead it, Lord, and that I would be sensitive to your spirit, Lord Jesus. Lord, to share what you want to be shared tonight, Lord. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. God is so good, and the word of God is good. And I'm, I'm thankful that as we are entering into this new series, the, the first focus is on Pentecost, right? And we know that this Friday, we're going to be, cel or this Sunday, I should say, we'll be celebrating Pentecost, right? Isn't that awesome? And I don't know about you, but um, in my church background, where I came from, I came from a non-denominational church, right? And I was a part of that for many years in the military. And not once do I recall ever celebrating Pentecost. And wow, it's like, it's like the Independence Day for true believers, right? Amen? That we realize that this is what God did, that he started something brand new, and it was called, and it happened on the day of Pentecost, a regular celebration that the Jewish people partook of. And that's how God works. He takes our regular traditions, and he can use those, right, to impart things to us. And, and that's what we're doing right here tonight. 
in gatherings like this, God can do such amazing things. And I've experienced that here. And I've experienced, wow, just such an eye-opening understanding of what God wants to do, not just, you know, every now and then, but every day. He wants us to grow in, in understanding, grow in grace, grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. God is always there to supply that, that source that's going to cause us to grow in him. And that's important that we're growing in the Lord because just like, I don't know how many gardeners are in here, but we know very well, and we probably have seen it, that if we don't pull them weeds out, right, they're going to take over that, those pretty flowers or those vegetables, and all of a sudden there's nothing. So I, I look at this, every time we come, come together, it's an opportunity for God to prune me, to purge me, right, to take out those weeds that are trying to grow from the world in, in, in my life. And that's what God is always there to give us, that refreshing, that renewing, right, that encouragement. And it's about him. And we can turn around and realize, wow, God is the source of everything I need. I need the Lord every day. And I, I can't, I, there's no substitute for that. There really just is not. And the world pretends that it has the remedies and, and the, the solutions to our lives. But the truth is those things end. They're disappointing. They're unfulfilling, right? They leave us wanting. But my Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, right? Because God can fulfill us. He can provide our every need. And that is what we need to embrace. And we have an opportunity to do that. So I hope that, um, I know we just got these today, but in, you know, as you use these on a daily basis, every day, if you notice in these books, there's a devotion. And that has helped me immensely, just getting into that. And even the, the ones we've already been through, I'll reference those as my daily devotions too, right? To get back in those, because there's so much wisdom in there, because they are men and women of God who are God-inspired, spirit-filled, inspired people who are putting these things together. And of course, they're basing it on the Word of God, and that's what makes it relevant. That's what makes it powerful in Jesus' name. So Pentecost Sunday is coming up, and I will extend that invitation while I'm up here for everybody who's watching, everybody's here who's here, you know, to extend that invitation to people you know, people who you work with, your family members, your coworkers, right? And I, I know pastors encouraged a lot uh, lately to use that question we found in the book of Acts chapter 19. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? You know, and that's a very awesome question to ask and create such an opportunity. You know, and when I came here, I hadn't received the Holy Ghost. And I started experiencing the presence of God which was very evident to me when I walked in. And I realized there's something here that I want. There's something here that I need, you know. And as I've heard it, and I heard Pastor preach it over and over again with passion, you know, not because it's about the Abundant Life Church doctrine, but it's about what God is doing. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, is what God did. And so let me start out with a question for the audience here. How many of you have ever experienced a major change in life, whether it be a job, change a job or location, right? Or just life circumstances. Yeah, right? Sometimes it's a little hard to adjust to those things, right? And, and as I re read through this message tonight um, and I contemplated it, you know, it's focused on just that, how the Jewish nation experienced something new that God was going to do. You know, they went from the Old Covenant, as what we now know as the Old Testament, to this new thing, which we now know as the New Testament, right? And what change 
that brought forth for them individually. And of course, as we're going to read tonight, not just for them, not just for the Jewish people, but for the whole world. So uh, as we look at what God was going to do, we realize that, you know, as I read the Old Testament, and, and maybe you have heard that from other people when, in regards to the Old Testament, they make comments like, man, it's hard to read, or it's a little rough. Man, God was really, really hard on his people, you know, back in the day. But the truth is, God has always been compassionate and gracious and loving and forgiving and merciful from Old to New Testament, right? And the difference is we're just in a new covenant. And we're going to read about that tonight. But God announced, it's awesome what God does. He announces what he's going to do before he does it. And how, how awesome is that? Because he's, he's the only one who can fulfill his word. He can, he's the only one who can, he can uh, keep that promise. When he speaks something, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And only God can do that. I know the, a lot of the, uh, the world we live in, they try that. They try to make these promises. We hear politicians, right? And I'm not trying to get political here, but we hear people trying to make promises, right? But really, they can't guarantee anything. And even our very lives aren't guaranteed. But God, when he promises something and when he speaks the word, it's going to come to pass. And we're going to find that in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, in verse 31. God speaks through the, the prophet Jeremiah. He says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the new covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write in their hearts and will be their, and, and will write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sins no more. That's what God said he was going to do to the nation of Israel. And in this time frame, when it was spoken through Jeremiah, they were about to go into exile, right, by the, Bab by the Babylonians. But God was still speaking this promise that he was going to do for his people, right, filling them with hope. And that's what God does for us. He always provides hope for his people, right? And we don't have to worry about what's going on in the world. We don't have to worry about if things are going to go south with food or gas prices or whatever, the economy. If we know our God, we can trust that he will take care of us, right? We can cling to his promises. And that is what God wants us to do. He's waiting for those who will cling to his promises, right? And that takes some faith. But tonight, my prayer is that we are inspired to embrace the things of God like never before in Jesus' name. So this is what God spoke through Jeremiah the prophet, and this is what he said. He's, he announced it to his people. This is what I'm going to do, right, in the name of Jesus. And as we, re and as we read fast forward into the New Testament into modern day, we realize that, man, God used the Feast of Pentecost, right, to really bring about this manifestation of his new covenant. And the Bible says that, uh, that the law came by Moses, 
but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, right? And the, when, we, when you hear the word covenant, just know that that is another word for testament. So Old Covenant, Old Testament, New Covenant, New Testament. We are living in the day of the New Testament. We are literally the church that began in the book of Acts, right? That was birthed in the book of Acts and is still ongoing. And that's what's exciting about the day of Pentecost. That is why I'm so thankful that we can celebrate Pentecost, right? And I'm not ashamed of that. I love that, man. It's like I look forward to that because that gives me an opportunity to share with people that this is what this is all about. This is the foundation of the whole Bible. This is what it's about, right? And I know that we try to complicate things in our world, humanity. We can, but God can make a way for us to understand these things. And that God is so faithful. And in the book of Luke 24, uh, book of Luke chapter 24, we see where Jesus opened their understanding to the, the scriptures. And they believed then. And what that, 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 that definition of understanding there is, God put it together. Jesus put it together for them right on the spot. And they just all of a sudden realized what the prophets were talking about, what the Psalms were talking about, what Moses was talking about that they had been reading their entire lives, all of a sudden it came together. And God is so faithful. If we will take him up and just express a little faith towards God, he will put it all together for us, right? So we can understand, because it's not his will that we're walking around guessing or confused. He wants to give us that understanding. And, and James writes that if, if in the book of James it says, if we lack wisdom, just ask God, who gives it liberally, meaning abundantly. Like, he's not holding back. He's not, you know, just giving a little bit at a time liberally to anybody who wants it. So we have the privilege today in the New Testament age to ask God for these things, for understanding, for wisdom in his word, so we can understand these things. And understanding and wisdom are precious. The Bible says more precious than gold and silver. And if we seek after those things, God's standing by to give them. But God used a day in, in the Jewish calendar to bring forth what he was going to do. The Feast of Pentecost says here, remembering our past blessings and worshiping God can change our state of mind. More importantly, it can change the atmosphere of our hearts. God knows our frame, and since he wanted to help the Israelites appreciate the many things he had done for them, he instituted seven annual religious feasts. The Feast of Pentecost was one of those holy days ordained by God to help them celebrate two things, the harvest and the giving of the Mosaic Law. That is what that day was designed for, okay? And to celebrate the harvest, Pentecost was designed to cause people to pause and recognize God's provision. It was an exercise in being thankful, much like our tradition of saying grace before dinner or beginning each day in prayer. It was a time to choose to appreciate something, even if one's emotions were not where they should be. Amen. Can anyone relate with that? <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. So to commemorate the giving of the law, Pentecost also emphasized that the Mosaic law was so great, was a great gift from God to his people. God's laws were intended to help humanity live with God-pleasing morals and values. History has testified to this fact. Nations built upon biblical principles have been blessed. When nations abandon them, their civility and peace steeply decline. True believers do not seek to outmaneuver God's word. They eagerly embrace them as guiding principles. Amen. Jesus said that men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God shall man live. 
We should celebrate both God's provision and his principles. Just as the Jews celebrated God's provisions and his laws, present-day believers celebrate them each week when they gather for meetings in homes and in churches. By setting aside time to praise, pray, and worship as a corporate body, believers show their gratitude to the one who has blessed them, provided for them, and saved them. Amen. In addition, they celebrate by honoring God with tithes and offerings, thus signifying they understand the true source of all their blessings. So do you see church, do you see attending church or small group as an opportunity to celebrate God's provisions and laws? I do. Amen. Yes, that is a good thing. You know, and for me, uh, I didn't grow up in church, so when I came into an environment where there was the word being spoken and there was prayer, where there was uh, singing, it was all new to me completely new, you know, but God is so faithful to help us with that, you know, with things that are completely different, and, and, and it's just, it's like human nature, all too like human nature for us to kind of be a little hesitant to embrace these things, right, but God, we understand as we read the Bible that God has always taken the natural things and to try to help us transfer or to come into the supernatural things of God. Right. And we can use the examples of the Old Testament wilderness story where God was providing things like manna, which we we learned about not too long ago. Right. And, and that was a supernatural event. Right. To provide for his people. And so what what the, the day of Pentecost means for me as well is God doing just that, providing a supernatural experience. Right. So that means it's going to be totally different from what the world has ever seen. And I'm okay with that. I'm learning to become more okay with the supernatural things of God. Matter of fact, I'm learning to embrace them and anticipate them and want more of that. Because why? Because that is bringing me into a greater relationship with the Lord. That is giving me a desire to want to serve God. I can't do that on my own. I can't create a desire on my own to want to serve God. I can will myself to an extent, but man, after a while, I'm just going to fall flat. Right? So God has extended his help in the form of the day of Pentecost, as we're going to read about, to help us with that. The Old Covenant pointed out humanity's inability to follow the law, God's law. Although God's laws given through Moses were good and right, it soon became evident that humanity was incapable of keeping them through more, mere willpower or religious traditions. The pull of the flesh in the world seemed to eventually overwhelm even the most noble believers. When reading the Old Testament, a record of life under the Old Covenant, it becomes clear that many people begin to follow God with great intentions, only to be sidetracked by flesh or temptation. Even believers who complied with the many requirements set forth in the law seem to fall, fall very short. The law successfully underscored the depravity of humanity. Right? And I'm reading about that right now in the book of Second Chronicles. And just reading over and over about the many kings and the leaders, and some of them started out really strong, and they loved God, and they were trying to follow the law, but at the end of their lives, just, they fell short, you know? It just, because the human nature that you and I have right now, right, has not changed since the fall. It's still the human nature. And that's how the Old Testament we find relevance there because we see people like these kings and men of God and women of God making mistakes and falling so short, right? Because our human nature is not able to keep a holy commandment. It's not able to keep the laws of God, which are right and true, right? And so we are getting a lot of help 
in this New Testament day and age, right? And God, and God knew that we needed that kind of help, right? That's why he announced what he was going to do in the book of Jeremiah. And not just Jeremiah, but Joel, Isaiah, right? All these Old Testament prophets and leaders spoke, and King David himself spoke of what God was going to do in the New Testament. And that is awesome. So God is not doing anything in secret. He's not trying to hide things from people so they have a hard time finding them. Matter of fact, we know that Jesus, what he did was open, and it was in front of the world, and it was for everybody to see. The whole crucifixion, right, was for everybody to see. But why would that, why is that important? Because it brought about this awesome day, which we now celebrate as the day of Pentecost. In Jesus' name, it says, it goes on to say here that, through Jeremiah, the Lord promised a new covenant, but God had a better idea, and we just shared that. He had a better idea for creation. He had a better idea for salvation. He had a better plan for humanity. And if you read from the beginning, right, from the Garden of Eden, which I know we're all familiar with, we realize that, man, this is what this is all about, God's restoration of humanity from the fall. And in the Garden, when God created Adam, he had fellowship, with. He communed with Adam. Adam communed with God. There was a relationship there that existed, right? God empowered Adam, right, over his creation. And that was awesome. What a privilege that Adam had to be in paradise, endless life, right? And we know that was taken away. But God, in his awesome love and mercy, had already announced that he had a plan of salvation in store to restore humanity, and that is why the day of Pentecost is so important. This is laid out, it's written, what God's plan to restore humanity and regenerate them back into that covenant relationship is all about. That is what Pentecost is all about. God's plan to restore humanity, right? And his awesome plan. It says that, um, matter of fact, as we watch this video, ask yourself, what does it mean to have God's law written in our hearts? What changes when God princi godly principles take deep root in our hearts? The prophet Jeremiah promised a time was coming when the word of God would not just be written on tables of stone, but it would be on the hearts of believers. When the Spirit came in the New Testament, part of what Spirit does in our lives is it internalizes the Word of God from just being a head knowledge to a heart knowledge. In fact, critical to who we are as Christians is rearranging, reordering what we love. We are, according to author James K.A. Smith, not people who think necessarily, and we're not what we think, we are rather what we love. And what we love is written on the tables of our heart. Paul wrote in his second letter to the Corinthian church that the Word of God would not just be written on tables of stone, but echoing Jeremiah would be on the fleshy tables of our heart. We need to internalize the Word of God, not just uh, so that we know what the Word of God says, but that we love what the Word of God said. When Paul was writing to Timothy, he talked about uh, having a love for the truth. Again, it's important to know the truth, but it's equally important, in fact, more than equally important, that we love the truth. And the Spirit writes the Word of God, not just in our head, not just uh, through memory, but causes us to love His Word. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
head knowledge to heart knowledge. That's what God is doing, right? And there's a difference. What was the difference for you between learning about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and actually receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you right now, for me, it was everything, right? My head and my head, I had all these thoughts about what it was and who could receive it and who couldn't, right? But that, that was not accurate. The truth is it's a gift for everybody to be received. Jesus said through Peter that it's a promise for all, right? And it's, it's the answer, the fulfillment of God's new covenant, how he's going to write his law on our hearts. And that's all God ever wanted from humanity was the heart of that person. But the head knowledge can't get us there. And so the heart of God, God opened the door for us to receive something so that our hearts can be changed, right? So we can truly be converted, right? And yes, he will use our standard gatherings and our traditions to do that, right? And it's a very simple way that God set it up. It's not a complex tradition. We don't have to go through those ordinances of the Old Testament, right? But we just have to be willing to receive it. And that is something God has absolutely helped me to do in my life, is learn to receive from him, right? He's already done the work, and I just need to learn to receive that. And, and it started with the Holy Ghost and repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. But then continually, as I, I'm in God's presence, I pray all the time, Lord, help me to receive whatever you have in this message, in this gathering, in this prayer room, whatever you have for me so that I can continue to follow you, so I can be sensitive to the Spirit of God. And I've learned to really admire that in people, people like our pastor who is very sensitive to the Spirit of God. And I, when I see that, I realize, wow, this church has something that is very special, that is very different than a lot of the things I've experienced in my own life. And so I do want to encourage you guys just as a reminder, and I'm not saying anyone doesn't think like this or know this, but we have a, a pastor who does seek to be sensitive to God's spirit. And that is vital in this new day and age and as a pastor to help us in our lives in Jesus' name. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost, this is how God wrote his law on the heart. This is how it all began in the book of Acts. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You can find that in the book of Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Speaking in an unlearned language, not a random phenomenon. For people to speak in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, they need God's empowerment. Only God can write his law on our hearts. To receive the Spirit, we must surrender our minds, emotions, and bodies, specifically our tongues, to God. Speaking in tongues supernaturally demonstrates how God can bypass the mind and go right to the heart. Amen. Spirit-filled believers often find when there are days when the only way they can find the strength and courage to continue in is by turning to God in prayer and praying in the Spirit, speaking in tongues. And I'm so thankful that God is helping me with that. Anyone else? 
praise the Lord, that he helps us. And we can come into an environment like this. It might, might, it might feel weird. It might seem foreign. But if we can just trust God that this is what he said he was going to do, because we can find it in his word, we can believe it. This is of God. And we can embrace it. We can start learning how to receive the Spirit of God and renew ourselves in the Spirit of God. Pray in the Spirit. It's a gift, and it's a vital gift in this day and age that we're living and the spiritual battles that you and I fight every day. And we're surrounded with all these things that are trying to seduce us and, and, and cause us to go astray. We have a helper, a comforter. We have a teacher called the Holy Ghost who God poured out to us and he started on the day of Pentecost and it's there to lead us unto all truth and even show us things to come, right? That's what God wants to do and that's how he writes his law in our hearts and minds, right? In Jesus' name, it says here, um, we are called to live according to the new covenant. So my question for you is how does praying in tongues and encourage and edify you? It is awesome. Has anyone ever been in the prayer room <laughs> in this church? Let me tell you, I go in there and I just instantly, it's just like God is moving and I can't get enough of that, right? And so it seemed a little strange at first, but just remember on the day of Pentecost, they thought it was a little strange for these 120 to be speaking in other tongues. Some of them thought they were drunk, right? And that's our, our normal response to something that's supernatural that we don't understand. But that is why the Word of God is so vital, because it teaches us these things happened in the Bible. So if they happen in the Bible, it's okay. Let's, get, let's let God move. Let, let Him do what He wants to do, right? Because we know the Old Testament, when we start trying to do it our way and lead with our heads and our, and our, our own abilities— we, we're going to fall flat. We, we, we continually try to relive the Old Testament days when God is saying, hey, I've, I brought a new thing in. It's a new covenant, right? It's a gift for you, and it's going to help you, right? God is for us. The Bible says Jesus is our advocate. We don't have a greater advocate in life than him. And the, one, the way he does it is through the power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, right? We can't get it any other way. We don't get power any other way from God in the New Testament. And that's, that's the way God provided in Jesus' name. And it's awesome. It says, on the day of Pentecost, a new and better covenant was sealed. Hebrews 8 and 6. The new covenant is based on the finished work of Calvary. Amen? Humans are still expected to hold up their end of the relationship with God, but under the new covenant, God provides believers with anything they need to succeed. Believers provide, provide the will while God provides the way. Amen. Isn't that awesome? All we have to do is be willing and obedient. That's what Isaiah said. Chapter one, he said, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land, right? We just have to stay willing and obedient. God has already done the work on Calvary, right? We just got to let God do what he wants to do. Surrender, right? Our wills to his will. Jesus said, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's the prayer he taught us, right? In Matthew six. So the Holy Ghost gives us power to please God. We can't do it any other way. So how would you encourage someone who is seeking the Holy Spirit but has not yet received it by the initial evidence of speaking in tongues? And let me ask you, have you ever, 
have that opportunity to share with somebody about tongues. Amen, brother. It bypasses God, bypasses our mind, and goes to the heart when we pray in the spirit. Amen. And that's how we're edified, and we need that. The Bible says our heart is, is desperately wicked, and it is deceitful, right? God knows that. But if, So if we learn to pray in the spirit, we can let God edify that heart, cleanse it, purge it, like David cried out in Psalms 51, right, to cleanse our heart, right, to, to, to realize that, man, only God can do this. Creating me a clean heart is what he said. And that's how that happens in the spirit when we pray in God's spirit. And, and closing here, the Bible says, that, or not the Bible, but this book here says, the same advice still applies today. God gives the invitation to everyone. Those who will humble themselves and obey his word will be provided the resources and power they need to live an abundant life. However, because sin has ravaged people for millennia, many people are hesitant to open their hearts. Sin has abused humanity to the point that many people have trouble even trusting God. Those who do open their hearts wide to God will not be disappointed. And I just want to close with this short story. If Sister Carnegie could put a, the picture up. It says here, as we close, Champ wasn't supposed to live. In an unfortunate act of cruelty, someone had poured acid on his body, causing a severe burns that triggered serious infections. It was a tragic case of phys physical abuse that required a series of treatments, including skin grafts and extended medical care, but he lived and his optimism seemed to survive as well. In 2007, a New Jersey couple rescued the floppy-eared beagle who had escaped his tormentor and wandered into traffic. A concerned citizen called the police. The responding animal control officer said Champ had been abused more severely than any animal he had ever seen in his four decades of service. The Martins, who are Christians and are also committed to rescuing animals, nursed Champ back to health and trained him to serve as a therapy dog. But the journey was not easy. One article put it like this. Before Champ's skin could heal, however, the Martins had to restore his confidence. Champ was so afraid that he would not emerge from, emerge from his small cage in the Martins' home. Just as abused dogs are often hesitant to be helped, people who have been abused by life are sometimes hesitant to become vulnerable with God. If you have been beat up by life, it might be hard to imagine a life of being loved and empowered. But that is the life God offers. Praise Jesus. The path to a relationship with God starts with many prayer and altar experiences. It will often mean becoming vulnerable when God's word is being preached. It may be a challenge to let God take you from a head-based faith to a heart-based faith. But the benefits will be amazing and the, re the results will be eternal in Jesus' name. And that's what the heart of God is. That's what God wants to do with all our hearts. That is what God meant when he, he said he would write his law upon our hearts. And I just want to, as I close here, that is the invitation that is still on the table. So if you have not received the Holy Ghost or you're seeking the Holy Ghost or you've never experienced that, the invitation is open. We can receive that. And I would encourage you 
to open up conversations with that question, not to get in a doctrinal debate. We're not trying to beat somebody up with the scriptures, but to invite them as an invitation that this is what God is, wants to offer you, and it's available for anybody, right? Just like the old, the old covenant, the fall of humanity applied to all of us, right? We're born into it, right? How much more this great grace and this great gift that is God is offering to everybody, right? Jesus died for the entire world so we could have access to this new covenant. And all we have to do is receive it in Jesus' name. So as we close, I just want everybody to bow their heads. Think about these things that you've heard. Think about the opportunity God is extending. If you've received the Holy Ghost, praise the Lord. Encourage others. Pray for those who are seeking. Pray that God would bring them here. Pray that God would put them in your path so you could share with them in Jesus' name. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to learn about this awesome new covenant. Lord, we're thankful to be a part of what you're doing, Lord. We want to be vessels, Lord Jesus. We want to be willing vessels, Lord, that you can use, Lord, that you can count on, who will share this message. Lord, who will learn to pray in the Spirit, Lord. Help us, Lord, and realize that this great gift is the greatest thing we could receive this side of heaven in Jesus name and Lord we can embrace this Lord we don't have to be ashamed of this Lord but Lord like those on the day of Pentecost Lord they proclaimed this message with boldness and Peter said that repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for this promise is unto all and all that God could calls afar off to as many as the Lord our God shall call. In Jesus' name, Lord, we, we thank you for extending, making this promise available, Lord. We thank you for giving us an environment where we can receive it. We thank you for an environment where this message is preached, Lord. And Lord, look, Jesus, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is able to save us, Lord, and, and all those who are around us, Lord, our family members, our neighbors, Lord, those who are even opposing themselves right now, Lord. We don't condemn them, Lord. We just want to offer them this message and share it with them, Lord. And it's the preaching of the word, Lord, that's going to bring about results because your yes, word's going to go forth and accomplish that which you want it yes, to accomplish. God. Let us just be willing to sow that seed faithfully every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. so much. Um, don't forget Sunday morning, of course, this is when we're going to be making a lot of mention about the day of Pentecost um, so in preaching or in teaching and things of that nature. So um, now would be a great opportunity for you to invite people. One of the things that I have always, um, God has helped me to use through the years is my personal experience. A man with an experience is never at the mercy of the person with an argument. And that's what we have to understand is that, you know, I'm not here to win you over because of my experience, but I'm here to tell you that I did have an experience that, praise God, that, that, that went beyond my mind and got into my heart in Jesus' name. And so take the opportunity this week. There's plenty of time here between now and Sunday. Invite somebody to the house of God. Um, ask them the question. I think it's a good one. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And then you can explain to them what you, what you have received. And I think, boy, God and you can make a pretty good team in Jesus' name. Let's stand tonight. God bless you. You have been a great...
a great group of people. I appreciate you coming to Bible study, willing to learn. I know that the Lord is wanting to teach us in the name of Jesus. Can we, in closing tonight, can we pray for, pray for this city, for this county, for this area right now? Can we ask the Lord to just begin to, to, to move um, uh, amongst the hungry and the thirsty in Jesus' name? Father, I believe that's happening right now. I believe even online tonight, Lord, there has been people that have been pricked in their heart, just like they were on the day of Pentecost. And God, I'm expecting great things to happen because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. You're the one that is beginning to move upon people and beginning to help them to come in Jesus' name. And so I thank you, Lord God, in advance, expecting a great harvest. And this Sunday, we're going to have a great time in the name of Jesus, and we give you the, the praise and the glory glory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, I, I did get a little premature on, on Sunday morning, and I just want to kind of um, back up here a little bit. Tomorrow night, we are starting a, a series of lessons called Love and Respect. You can see it up on the screen. And, um, and just a tremendous Bible study. There's lots of churches that have been using this material, and we're going we're gonna to begin to do that tomorrow night, beginning at 6.30. I would like to, um, first of all, invite the people from this church to come and go through it. I think it'd be a good idea, and then possibly down the road we could um, do some uh, small groups and things of that nature, but that's tomorrow night at 6.30, and so if you can, come. It'll be in the back um, in the church in the fellowship hall. Also, this coming Sunday, we'll have Sunday morning service, and of course, we're planning on a good time. Can somebody say amen? amen. And then Sunday evening, um, as we've been doing here for about the last close to a year now, uh, we're having a ladies, the ladies are going to be having their Bible study, uh, which is the first of this month. And so start making your plans. We're trying, to, we're trying to cover as much ground as we can on a monthly basis. And so with these men's and these uh, ladies' meetings, I think we're, we're making some significant um, uh, progress in Jesus' name. And so the Lord bless you tonight. I'm glad you came. The Lord bless you the rest of your week.